0: Good afternoon, Dennis Fithian, Detroit Sports Podcast, ready to get things underway. Pod number 12. Coming up, are the Red Wings really going to benefit from a proposed adjusted draft lottery? I'll discuss the ins and outs uh, of that. But first, our guest, Michigan hockey coach Mel Pearson. Mel, how are you?
1: Hey, Dennis. Uh, Good. Good to be with you today.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic to have you here, and you know, when I saw you last, you didn't see me, but I was at Yost Ice Arena, and you were playing the first round of the Big Ten tournament. You had back-to-back wins over uh, over Michigan State. Seems like a long time ago, about two months ago now.
1: Yeah, it does. It, it, it was two months ago, but it even seems longer. Rob. It's amazing when you get away from it, uh, how long it seems. But uh, yeah, that was a, a fun weekend. Uh, we enjoyed it. We thought we were you know, really gaining some momentum uh, going forward. And uh, obviously, our goal was to play at Little Caesars and the, the Frozen Four, which um, no one got to do. But uh, just disappointing, uh, not only for our team, but just disappointing for uh, Detroit and, uh, you know, uh, Little Caesars and uh, the Illiches. And, you know, they were going to put on a great show at Detroit, the Frozen Four. But uh, obviously, and uh, things got cut short, and uh, I just look forward to the day when uh, Detroit gets that back. And I hope I hope they get that back in the near future.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know what? You were on your way to Columbus on the the following Sunday for the Big Ten semifinals, and you win that, you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. And who knows, you might end up in Detroit in the Frozen Four. That would have been great. I'm sure that was the plan. What was that week like for you? So you, you're you probably leaving on a, on a Friday for a Sunday game, but – Thursday at around noon is when the, I guess the uh, the news came down that everything was getting shut down, right?
1: Yeah, that was uh, an interesting day, one that probably I'll never forget for for, for not the, the, the best reasons, but uh, we had just watched. We I was watching the basketball a little bit, and and once I saw them get pulled off the court, uh, the Big Ten uh, tournament down in Indianapolis, I, I knew something was up, but, but they were still talking to us, and the last we had heard, before we went down for practice, was uh, we practiced Thursday, and then we were going to leave uh, after practice, but uh, we had heard that, you know, it, it sounded like we'd just still play, but with no fans. So, uh, yeah, we were anxious. We had a great practice Thursday, uh, and then I got called off the ice with probably about 10, 15 minutes to go and practice, and uh, got called up and had to get on a call with our AD Ward Manuel, and at that point I found out that, uh, uh the big 10 tournament, uh, was done as far as hockey goes, as far as basketball and, and probably that uh, that was going to be the end of end of our year. And, uh, so that was a, uh, a real revelation there at that point, And just sort of a stunning, uh, a stunning afternoon. And, uh, you know, our team came up, uh, after practice, I wasn't down there because the call went for a while, but I told them to get showered and, and uh, we'd have a meeting and to go in and tell them that our season was uh, for the most part done. And that was that was tough uh, because, uh, you know, you, you, these guys are used to adversity. Uh, you know, they like to play. Um, you know, you, you want to have the chance to win and, and, and lose on the ice. And we did get that opportunity, as a lot of other teams did in, in a lot of sports. But it was a it was a real surreal moment uh, for me and, and our team.
0: Sure. I bet it was. And for people that, that don't know, I mean, I mentioned you guys are, are one win away if you beat OSU from getting into the NCAA tournament. That's, that was the word on the street. I don't know if that was a hundred percent sure thing. Of course, your guys plan was uh, you know to win that whole thing and, and to get in uh, that way with the automatic bid. But for people that don't know, also when 2020 hit, you guys were playing better than or as good as anybody in the country. You certainly had uh, all the things that you look for. Uh, including a hot goaltender.
1: Yes, yeah, and uh, we did, and, uh, and we felt it as coaches. I, I, you know, I've been 38 years coaching Division One hockey, and and you know when you have a chance, you know when your team is playing well and you're on a roll, and and you have the confidence, and your players have the confidence to to beat anybody on any given night, and uh, we were playing well, we were headed to Ohio State, uh, could have got in the tournament even if we had probably beaten them, but I think if we won, uh, we're definitely in for sure, and. Uh, you know, our forwards are starting to score. We had great leadership. Our, our, our underclassmen, our freshmen were, were really playing well, not playing like freshmen. And then our goaltender, who was just named this week as the uh, Big Ten Goaltender of the Year, uh, Strauss Mann, he was playing outstanding. So he, he gave us a chance uh, to beat anybody on any, any given night or anywhere. and anywhere. And you and I let us know if you got a hot goalie, uh, once you ride these single game knockouts, uh, you're, you're in a good position. So, it's unfortunate because, uh, like I said, we had a lot of momentum uh, uh, headed down, uh, going down to Ohio State.
0: Sure did. Uh, how about one word uh, on your goaltender there? You mentioned the Big Ten goalie of the year. He was the second in the country in and, and save percentage. Strauss, man, you know, most of the guys that you have, not all of them there, have very impressive resumes, and you look and these guys getting it done on the ice and, and off the ice. But everything that I've read about Strauss, man, uh, from his, uh, you know, his, his diet, his – uh, everything that he does in school, and then, you know, just here, and then the, the kind of uh, player he is on the ice, and, and only a sophomore, man. He really seems like he's uh, checking all the boxes.
1: Well, he does. Uh, he's a consummate student athlete. You, you know, you hear that maybe too frequent, but he really is. I mean, the Ross Business School, one of the top business schools uh, in the world, uh, you know, straight A student. Um, gets it done there, you know, competing every day in the classroom. And then he comes down on the ice and he's uh, rock solid Was a Mike Richter finalist for uh, the goaltender of the year in the country. One of the three finalists, uh, second and shutout, second, save percentage. Uh, you know, he, he, he does everything. Yeah. Diet, his diet, man. I don't know if I could eat any of the thing that he eats on his diet, but, <laughs> but he, 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 he's a consummate student athlete. He does everything right. He's so detailed uh, Takes care of himself. And it's all about the team, of Strauss. It's never about him, uh, what he's doing. He's such a team guy, and uh, you know, a are very, very valuable player to uh, to our team and uh, our athletic department. And uh, you're right, we're we're excited because he's only a sophomore. We got to try and keep him a couple more years down.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be great. That'd be great news uh, for Michigan, that's for sure. You know, you mentioned uh, almost 40 years as a coach, and then you know earlier you're talking about watching a little bit of the of the. Uh, of the big 10 tournament in, in basketball. And I know you're a, a yeah. fan of all sports there, but w- when you're in season, you have your team. Uh, I wonder how much time do you have to really watch other games, whether so you're watching your own tape and then you're, you're looking at your opponent's tape and then, you know, you have some NHL games and that you're looking for some, for some enjoyment or for some inspiration. And then you have other sports uh, that could be a lot of, that could be a lot of game watching. Uh, you know, how do you do that?
1: Well, it's great. And, uh, I'm in a great spot to do it here in Michigan. And, uh, you know, I, I just this year, I went to volleyball, I went to football, I went to, to basketball, uh, I went to swimming, diving, I went to lacrosse, field hockey. Um, I, I really encourage our players to take advantage of everything that Michigan has to offer. And I do the same. I try to do as much as I can and support the other sports, uh, you know, I, go, I would have went to baseball and softball once they got cranked up, and I'm at the golf course a lot, and I watch the Red Wings and any, any NHL games I can get. So uh, I'm a sports junkie. Uh, i probably want your job if I wasn't being a, a hockey coach. But, no, I just enjoy it. it, it it's fascinating. I enjoy the competition, and then I just enjoy, you know, as a coach, you, you sometimes don't just sit and watch it from an enjoyment standpoint. You, you watch from a strategy standpoint, how the coaches coach the players, uh, you know, what they're doing, uh, you know, during the game and coach coaching up their players and whatnot, how they work the referees. It's amazing. So there's so much you can take from it other than just uh, the game itself. And uh, I like to consider myself a student of the, the game and student of sports. So I really enjoy getting to and watching as many events as I can.
0: You know, something that hit me, was something you said uh, in 2019, I was just listening to you talk about and your team, had not been scoring a lot of goals or as many as that you wanted uh, in, in 2019. You really picked it up when the, yeah. when the calendar uh, flipped. But at, at one point you said, you know, I I don't know how you put it. Like, I'd watched 50 goals in the NHL, and I looked at them all and, you know, where they were scoring and from the odd angles and everything else. And, you know, it was a comment that you made, but then I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, how's he watching 50 uh, goals? Uh, is, does he have somebody cutting up the tape? And then, you know, you're, you're showing it to the guys. And I thought, man, that that's really – you know, that's something where you're, you're watching the NHL games, but you said you're looking just to, to get some inspiration there or whatever else. Just uh, Sometimes it's good just to see the guys uh, and, and show them, say, hey, you know, this is how they're doing it. And, and you had all that available. And, you know, that just struck me as like, wow, that, that's taken to another level.
1: Well, absolutely. And, and you have to. You, you have to. It's about development, getting better. And uh, you're really getting better or you're getting worse. Uh, uh, I give a lot of credit to off and, and uh, our video guy, uh, I probably work him too hard, our video guy. I'm always asking for something. At uh, one point I went to watch all our goals we scored last year as a team. Uh, you know, Will Lockwood, Jake, Jake Flaker were struggling. I went and watched all the goals that they got. Where they scored them from, where they shot them from, what the situation was. Well, um, you know, when we were struggling, goals, uh, that's one of the things you can do is get back to basics, but also try to pick up on some things. Uh, I, I saw a great clip by Connor McDavid this year. And I actually sent it to Johnny Beecher. I accidentally sent it to him, I think two or three times And uh, just a, a goal he had in, in uh, the weekend we played Michigan State. Johnny Beecher almost scored ident- the identical goal that Connor McDavid did. Just sort of you know, came around the zone from, I was just circling around and took a good shot, got it on net and went in and, uh, so sometimes it's uh, it helps the kids. They can learn from it. And that's what it's all about, to try and help the individuals uh, to be as good as they can be and, and help your team to uh, be the team that they can be.
0: Yeah, I love that goal. You know, the one thing I didn't know about Beecher on that, like, uh, you know, guys get excited when they score a goal. But, man, he was fired up <laughs> that he was able to get. I mean, like, uh, that hey, was something it's Michigan,
1: like. Michigan-Michigan State, Dennis. It's Michigan-Michigan <laughs> Michigan State. If you can't get excited and, and score a goal on that that uh, series, you should hang on all
0: yeah well you're right and uh, it was huge and it it was and there was no doubt man you could see the excitement that was one you know sometimes uh you, you know you like whether it's listening on the radio or watching on tv but man being there and i was in the uh, the uh, i guess it would be the end zone behind the goal there and saw that and uh you know to just see the excitement of the whole team and everything that was that could have been the uh the goal of the weekend i i wanted to to ask you like so you you have all these players that you've coached over the years that go on and they play in the NHL, so if you're if you're watching a game, I would guess if there's a Michigan player playing, regardless of who the teams are, well, you're gonna root for that team, you're gonna root for that player. But what happens when you have, you know, guys on both sides, and then you're getting into the playoffs, and then you're like, we can't root for anybody tonight. We're just hoping the Michigan guys do good. How does that work?
1: You got it. You just hope the Michigan guys both have great games, and whoever wins, uh, the best man win. I guess that's how that's how it goes. But there's no question. We had Dylan Larkin on. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, or just last week, actually, and then Zach Hyman from the Maple Leafs a couple of weeks ago, and, and they made a comment about, uh, you know, we had them on Zoom with our players and just talk about different things that they're going through and, and you know, what what their experience was like here at Michigan and uh, whatnot, so it's great for our players to hear from them, but they talk about that, you know, they just how it seems like wherever you go in the Red Wings, you know, there's a Glendon jersey or a lot of jersey uh, in the crowd, or, you know, Zach Hyman comments that on a lot, you always see, you know, a swag where we're at even in Canada so uh, it, it, you're right it, it's awesome to see all these guys doing well and we've got uh, I think we had over 20 some guys playing the National Hockey League uh, uh, this year and then we've got some more coming up so uh, it's fun it's exciting it, it's nice to know that in a small way maybe you help them reach uh, reach the, the best league in, in the world and uh, it's fun to see them and I really do enjoy watching them play and see their growth and this past year, we had Kyle Connor, uh, you know, skate with us while he was holding out in Winnipeg. So he was skating with us for a little bit, and just to have him on the ice was awesome. And to go through the year that he, he had Winnipeg and the numbers he put up was uh, was uh, was awesome. So it's it's fun to uh, watch them play, and it's uh, fun to have, see them have success.
0: Yeah, well, just hear you talking. I didn't know it at the time. You know, I went to both of those uh, Michigan Michigan State games where you beat them in the Big Ten tournament i went with a friend of mine who's big michigan hockey fan but since then you know who knew that that was going to be the last live game that we were going to be at but it was so we've talked about those particular games and he's mentioned to me a few times he's like you know the the one of the best moments to talk about beecher you know scoring that goal and the excitement but he's told me a couple times that he just couldn't get over the uh uh, the the students I guess the children of Yost over there they were, uh, yeah. they were waving to to Larkin you know and telling him to come on down and then you know ten minutes later there he was you know he was in the he was in the stands and went over was taking pictures with the kids I mean that was awesome I know you were on the bench you probably realized it uh, afterwards or whatever else but you know that was a great moment
1: it was a great moment and and those are the things that uh, you're right I don't see I, I I you know my wife will ask me uh, after the game well did you hear that or who's going and uh, maybe someday when I hang them up, I'll, I'll get to really uh, sit back and enjoy the children of the enjoy the band and the interaction they have uh, with the crowd. And I don't know if there's—I I don't think there's anywhere else in college hockey you can see that—that just the interaction between uh, our student section and and what they bring to the game, and obviously the band. And, yeah, Dylan was there. Larkin was there at the game, and he was sitting up in the the, the high price seats. And uh, the children, the students, wanted him to come down and. Sure enough, he uh, went down there right in the student section, and uh, you know it was awesome that he did that. That that goes to show you kind of guy Dylan Dylan is, and uh, just to go down there with the students, and uh, you know it it meant a lot to them. The kids that were there, and the pictures I've seen afterward are awesome. So, uh, but that's that's Michigan and that's Yost Ice Arena, and that's that's what you get when you come to a game. It's uh, still to me the greatest venue in college hockey.
0: Well, it is, and you know you know this, but it doesn't get said enough, you know, Yoast a great venue like that, but when you play in Detroit and you you go down there, people are always like, yeah, why don't you just stay at Yost, but you know, you play whether it's a GLI or, uh, or, or you're playing Michigan State and in, in, at uh, Little Caesars Arena, I went to high school in Livonia, and for me, it's the reason why you guys go down there because uh, it was my first exposure. I saw Michigan uh, when, when it would be the the GLI or what was it called then? Uh, the yeah, the duel in dual the, the D, duel in the D. D. Yep. And the D. Uh, th- that's. Uh, that's what everybody, you know, you now all most of the games are on TV, but then they were on TV, and you might see it for the first time, you know, being in Livonia, or people would, you know, get some tickets and you know we're, we're going down there. But it was uh, that was my exposure. I didn't even know about Yost, Yost Ice Arena, and and so I, I know you know that it's probably good to hear about once in a while for people like, oh yeah, that's exactly why we go down there.
1: Well, it is. Yes. I mean, it's it, you know we, we can only get fifty eight hundred people in Yoast Ice Arena, so. Uh, I think it's awesome that we, we have the GLI and we play that. It's, it's uh, a great tournament. Uh, I, I, I know it's a, the, the best college hockey tournament uh, that goes on right now in the U.S. Uh, and then to go play in the duel in the D, it, it's great. You know, you can get 17,000 17, uh, and Michigan, Michigan, State fans going back and forth. It's, it's, it's awesome. And, and that gives people who maybe can't get a ticket uh, when we play at Yoast or can't get a ticket when the game's at MUN. It allows them ability to come down and, and be part of that rivalry. And I think that's the great thing about it. And the neat thing about it is you can get more people in there and get a feel for it, a taste of it. And, and maybe they'll, uh, you know, try to get to know sometime and come and see the games.
0: Well, you know what, Mel, it's uh, it's it, when it comes to sports, it's been comforting and, and entertaining for people just to hear other people talk about the competition and the games we love. And uh, I wanted to ask you a couple questions, you know, growing up, I was, I was I was looking at your uh, your your career as a as a youngster, and then where your dad played at. So I was going to ask you who you were, uh, who, what teams and what players you were a fan of. But it, it was hard for me to figure out where all the places that you might have lived and everything. So uh, you know where where you know who were you a fan of uh, of growing up?
1: Wow, uh, great question. So uh, well. You know, I grew up in an era where my dad played in the National Hockey League, Uh, You know, played a handful of games here and there with the Rangers, a couple of the Pittsburgh team when they were first starting out. But uh, it's interesting. I will tell you this. When I was uh, living in Portland, Oregon, my dad was playing out there in the old Western Hockey League. And I've got a picture uh, just around Christmas time. And I I was showing a new gift off. And on my wall taped up on my wall in my bedroom with this poster poster of a hockey player and the hockey player happened to be red berenson oh. and it's uh it's a poster when he was on the cover of sports illustrated standing on this this glass like there's like ice and they're shooting it from the bottom so uh, uh obviously uh yeah i like red yeah that's when he goes in saint louis when they expanded there and uh, i like jean Rattel and uh you know bobby hall and obviously Bobby Orr, some guys like that growing up, you know, some of the real icons, but I, I, I watched the Montreal Canadians. They seem to be the team and the team that was winning all the time. And I just liked their style with Nila LaFleur And <laughs> I'm aging myself now uh, a little bit, but uh, you know, Yvonne corn how's that for a hockey name? Right. right. Uh, yeah. And obviously, you know, Gordie Howell growing up was uh, my dad played in the world hockey association and, uh, played against uh, mr hockey there so he was always a favorite i grew up in manitoba and he was just across the border in saskatchewan and you know those were some of the guys and uh, obviously enjoyed the oilers with gretzky and anderson and curry and all those great players so um uh, there's just a lot of players but uh, again I'll, I, I still have a picture of that poster i'll, I'll have to share it with you sometime it's pretty cool and that you know and who, whoever thought i'd end up working with and for at, at some point one day
0: it just seems like all the way through that uh, there's some connection with with michigan there was it when you went to minnesota wasn't your coach you know, the michigan goalie and yeah. then yeah. so uh, you know how did you end up at 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 Tech? but then you know you uh-huh. then you go to michigan and i know that but everything seemed like it, it had a, a michigan connection even if you're going to tech
1: well, it did my high school coach Willard Iko is, is an iconic coach, is an All American Olympian. Uh, went to Michigan. here. Here is a great guy, great coach. Uh, but at the time I went to Michigan Tech, I think they showed more interest in me. Uh, they happened to be better at the time. They had played in three national championship games uh, right before I went in. Uh, a lot of they're in Minnesota, a lot recruiting. Uh, but even when I got up to Michigan Tech, uh, my coach up there, John McGinnis, was a was a goalie. So he played at Michigan. So you're right. All along the way, I've been surrounded by a, a great, uh, you know, players and coaches. So I've been very fortunate, you know, be around Will Willard Eichler, who, you know, uh, one of the best, if not the best, coach in, in high school hockey in Minnesota. Uh, John McGinnis, when I was there, he, he had the all-time winning. And he was the all-time winningest coach in college and hockey, and then obviously with Red. So I've been very blessed to be around some, some great Michigan men.
0: Do you pull different things from each one of those guys like uh once in a while are you gonna you know pull out the uh the, you know the steely blue-eyed uh, stare of, of red or or something else from uh from one of your past coaches i know you're you know you got to be your own self but uh, you know once in a while it would be i think it would be uh you know something that you would do for sure right
1: oh absolutely uh you 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 take away a little bit from from all of them and they were also uh you know instrumental in Informing me as a coach, and just the things they did, how they handled the team, how they handled players, uh, just how they carried themselves in the communities, and uh, no doubt about it. I, I don't know if I would ever can ever have that look. Red has he's just got that look. Some <laughs> yeah. people just have it. So, and uh, no doubt about it. But uh, all great manners, uh, all great men, and uh, the, the one thing that they all did, I think, Dennis was just. They really treated their players well. You know, they really cared about their players, and uh, it showed. Now, obviously, there's times where they have to get after them a little bit here and there, but at the end of the day, uh, I mean, I, they treated the players how you'd want to be treated when you were when you were playing.
0: Well, that's good. You know, you mentioned uh, some of the the players with Hyman or, or Larkin being on with uh, with your current team, and so you're, you're you're zooming. Are you allowed to? I don't know what the the parameters are with recruiting. Is that something you're doing, like, uh, you know, Zooming with potential recruits? Is that kind of in the cards of something that you're going to be doing coming up? What's that like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, because of the restrictions we have now with recruiting, uh, not being able to have any uh, on-campus visits or off-campus. So uh, we're shut down in the Big Ten to June 1st with, uh, you know, doing Edinburgh. So absolutely. So we've had some uh, Zoom calls with – a number of recruits uh, it's it's been awesome uh uh you know you, you have to uh you change is tough but you have to change with the times and uh, take advantage of it and um, our staff's done a great job with that and uh, i've enjoyed it I, I think you know this day and age and the way things are i've actually you have more time to focus on on your recruits and 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 your current players and the zoom calls and you get to know uh you get to know the young men uh, maybe better than you would if you're just you know busy with your everyday uh, schedule how it was so uh it's been good that's one of the things i really enjoyed is really getting to know our our, our current players uh, as well uh, as i can and, and also the recruits and and this week tomorrow we've got uh, david oliver uh, coming on with our current team david's uh assistant coach with the new york rangers was so an all-american here in michigan uh and then we got he's going to Deal with our forwards and talk to them tomorrow, and then we got Mike Van Ryan. Mike Van Ryan won a Stanley Cup with St. Louis last year. Mike played here; was a first round draft pick. Uh, uh, Really good guy. They're both really bright, uh, good coaches, and uh, we're going to set them up with our forwards and our defensemen tomorrow and have some some chat. So, uh, yeah, we're we're busy with this. It's been really good, and uh, and maybe at some point we we wouldn't be able to get these guys because they're so busy doing what they're doing, but. No, I'm really looking forward to that tomorrow
0: yeah that's good behind the scenes stuff I know uh, and I can't compare you to you know other college hockey teams because I don't sit around following them but I do see what you guys do on 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 Twitter it's almost uh mm-hmm. you know here's a here's a picture of the uh, the Quinn brothers out playing street hockey you know here's so I mean you guys keep that up to date it's good stuff I mean it, it's entertaining and you know that's the kind of stuff you got to do you guys do a good job at that
1: well and uh, that's uh Shout out to the Christian Hill, our sports information director. They, they do a great job over
0: there. And, uh,
1: yeah, that was fun watching the, the Hughes brothers. I think they had them roller hockey one time and Quinn. And I, I can't talk about the one brother. but Oh, that's right. <laughs> I can talk about Jack and Quinn, but the other one I can't. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, it was fun. There's so much going on. And, and, I mean, these kids are so... Uh, Creative and what they do, and you know they're they're getting a little bored, so they've got to find different things to do to keep them busy. And and uh, some of it's really entertaining. I'm not into TikTok and Instagram as much, but uh, <laughs> no. but I'm just the Twitter guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. I got three really quick ones. You can answer them, uh, you know, as fast as you want here. You know, when you mentioned sure. Quinn Hughes, I just see him on uh, on defense, just his ability to to stop on a dime. Uh, ever a thought of, of him being? I mean, it seems like he would have been a great forward too
1: absolutely but uh but when you're a forward you don't get as much ice time usually as the defenseman does so um, so quinn uh, quinn enjoys being on the ice but he's he's very dynamic uh his skating and his brain uh you know he's got a elite uh hockey iq and then just his skating his edge work and how he moves around how he thinks the game and put that combination together since he, uh, the player he is he's uh I said this a lot when we had him our first two years. He was of the price of admission, just to come and watch him. Uh, he did some things in premises and games. The coach on the bench, you just sort of go, wow, well, okay, he's pretty good. And then, then you get back into the game. But uh, the thing a lot of people don't realize about Quinn is just what a, a great uh, young man he is. He's just very personable, uh, humble. Uh, and just and underneath that, all he, he, he looks like a stick boy, he looks like he's you know 16 years old still. But here he is, the same one of the top defensemen in the NHL.
0: Yeah, what a great rookie year! Cut short, too, 53 points. Uh, it was awesome. I wanted to ask you, I've been watching a lot of people watching the you know Jordan and the last dance is uh, yeah, you know, his self made documentary. At least he gets a final word on it, and you know, they had the baseball. Part where he went and played for the White Sox there. And I was thinking, you know, basketball to baseball, not much like where you think about transferable skills. But I, I was, you know, with hockey, hockey players seem like they love golf, but it makes sense to me because the, you know, everything or, or so many things that you do in hockey, whether it's the hands or the swinging, you know, that that's a very transferable skill. I mean, that's that you, I mean, like everybody plays hockey or everybody plays golf that's a hockey player, right?
1: Well, yeah, it just matches up. You know, you're you're busy all winter, and then all of a sudden comes spring, summer, and what are you going to do you stay busy? You hit the golf course. Uh, I don't know if you know, but Mike Knubel, I, I think he could have been a golfer. I mean, he, he's played more games in the NHL than any other Michigan alumni, over a 1,000 games, Mike. And Mike works uh, still, you know, at the Grand Rapids Griffins. He's one of the assistant coaches there. and uh, But he could hit a golf ball a ton. And, uh, you know, he'd, he'd come out on the flip-flops, you know, and just walk around and, <laughs> Just knock it down the, the fairway three hundred yards, and he had, he's still a real good golfer. But uh, but he, he just enjoyed the hockey. But yeah, most of our guys play. We got a great course here at U of M, and uh, I know when the, the athletes around here in the summer, the, if you want to find them, you head to the golf course, the weight room or the golf course. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Weight room or, or in the class, you know, the, or the classroom, right? Well, oh, that's good. But
1: yeah, a lot of guys don't take summer classes anymore. They oh, just yeah, get they're... their workouts in and then head over the course.
0: Yeah, well, you answered my final question about you know about who was the the Michigan hockey player with Canooba. I, I always remember, you know, uh, Gordy Howe. They would show pictures of him. You know, he had the the biggest forearms yeah. and and the wrists. Where you know Gordy probably been a pretty good baseball player too, but uh, he picked the right sport. He picked the right one.
1: Yeah, he did, and that's <laughs> uh, you know that's the thing that that maybe we don't have as much of uh, as we used to is is you know being able to play multiple sports uh, everything's become so specialized now and year-round that um you know i like some crossover i really do i, I wish we had more of it and and let our our, our young uh, you know guys and girls have a chance to to play different sports and enjoy them but uh, everything's so specialized now and, and i get it i get it but uh, yeah, you just don't see that. They're the, the two-sport athletes, uh, whether it's Bo Jackson or you know, Jordan trying what he did or Deion Sanders. Some of these guys are very talented.
0: Well, hey, Mal, we appreciate your time. and Enjoy the spring, whatever, you know, lies ahead. Uh, I did see a picture of you. I, I said the last time I saw you was, you know, there at Yost for the Big Ten Tournament. But I did see a picture that week you, you posted with your grandchildren playing the piano. So, uh, you know, enjoy <laughs> yeah, them and, you know, yeah. have a great spring.
1: Well, thanks, Dennis. Uh, You know, and I just want to give a shout-out to all our Michigan fans out there and and then to everybody in general. Uh, Stay safe, stay stay healthy, and uh, we'll look forward to the day where we get back uh, uh, on the field and in the pool and on the ice and on the basketball court and uh, enjoy sports again.
0: Hey, have a great day, Mel. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Dennis. Take care. There he is, Mel Pearson, Michigan hockey coach, and be nice – to, you know, see some hockey in the future. It's like every time, you know, sit around talking with, with somebody and then at the end it's like, yeah, well, we really do hope to see you out there sooner or later, whatever it's going to be, however that ends up working out. But I also said that I was going to talk about the the Red Wings and are the Red Wings really going to benefit from a proposed adjusted draft lottery. And Steve Iserman, the Red Wings general manager, said he hasn't heard. He said this um, about two weeks ago, said he hadn't heard a good reason why they should do it prior to the end of the season, talking about, you know, having a a draft. He said if we do conclude the season over the course of the summer. But then – the NHL comes out with the, this proposal where the the Red Wings would benefit the most with this uh, adjusted draft lottery and you know just if if they have a lottery, the Red Wings have an eighteen and a half percent chance at getting the number one pick and then it kind of goes down from there Ottawa with their with their move that they made where they ended up trading uh, Carlson and then the Sharks end up, you know, bottoming out, you know, they actually have uh, better odds if they go with, with what was the, what the rules are, that are in place, but they're talking about the dis- adjustment where it would go back to the old days where the wings now would have a 57% chance. So three times, three times more likely to land the number one pick and they would get the number one or the number two, so a 57% chance at the number one, a 43% chance at having the, uh, the, the second pick there. And if they would end up going like this, I know Iserman said he hadn't heard a good reason. But if you're a Red Wing fan, there's a good reason if they do this uh, adjusted draft lottery. Now, if you're just asking me, I can't believe that there's going to be another team besides the Red Wings that's going to look at this and say, yeah, let's go and do it this way. There's so many things, even with the Red Wings, you know, the Wings have a ton of cap space and they could take on players for picks. But what if a team coming, uh, if they had a playoff and they don't know if they'll play. And then you got Mike Green, who the Red Wings traded to the Oilers for a fourth rounder, but the Wings would get a third rounder if the, Oilers made the conference finals and Green played 50% of those games. They could work out some kind of a deal, but what kind of deal is Eiserman and Ken Holland going to work out there? It's either going to be a third or fourth rounder. Are they going to flip a coin? That might be the way to do it. Let's just uh, flip a coin, third rounder or, or fourth rounder. So a lot of things going on there, the conditional picks. And just know this, if you're a Red Wings fan and, you know, we're hoping for sports, however that works, but, Man, this uh, proposed tweak in the draft lottery where the Wings would end up with a first or second pick at worst and a 57% chance at uh, at getting the first pick could be something that could benefit the Red Wings. If I had to guess if this was going to be something that they do, I would say no. But hey, this is also a time that's unprecedented and they just might have to do it. And if they do... It would end up benefiting the Red Wings, but we'll see if that happens and then if they actually do get the number one pick. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks to uh, Mel Pearson, podcast number 12. I'm Dennis Fithian. Good afternoon. This has been uh, the Detroit Sports Podcast. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. All right.